Welcome to the Home Medic. You are listening. I've got a reverberation. Let's try that again. Welcome to the Home Medic. You are listening to the segment on crawl spaces. Welcome to the Home Medic, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital. Heidi Hansen. Yeah, good morning, Gar. The lovely and talent, talented as always. And thank you, as always. Yeah, she doesn't, uh, you don't have a wallet because you have so much money that it kind of bulges <laughs> the wallet. That's why she has to carry the purse around. Garth is such a funny guy. So, speaking of uh, funny and entertaining, uh, Heidi, let's let's talk about uh, crawl spaces. Okay, there's there's something I've never really had too much experience with. I used to have one when we first got married. I lived in a mobile home, and there was a crawl space under there, and ooh, it was just freaky. I was just like, who would ever want a house with a crawl space? Yeah, the uh, the home that I moved out of a couple of years ago, it had a crawl space on the same level as the rest of the basement. And uh, that was where the kids would always go on their, like, sleepovers. When they had friends over, they'd go in there, and, and they had this gravel bed on the, uh, on the floor, and then they had these unfinished walls, and they got joists for the ceiling. And the, the, that particular crawl space, I'm going to say, was only about three feet high. Well, it must have been a well-maintained one, because I think the one that I'm recalling had the spiders and the, all that kind of stuff. That, that's why I call it freaky. You know, oh, so. and we are going to talk about that. But this, cr- this particular crawl space, freaky was a good word for it. It was still cre- creepy. Oh, those kids freaky. were sure that uh, <laughs> they, were, they will still tell you that house is haunted. But they love to go in there. And, but they would go in there if they, wanted to have, if they wanted to impress a friend about how haunted their house was. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> they would, of course, adventure. only go in there with somebody else. But yeah, there's plenty of graffiti on those walls that somebody else has to deal with now. Really? So, um, you know, there are uh, real ways to make a place creepy, and then there's uh, and then there's the other ways. I think we're probably going to talk about the real ways this time. So, when you're talking about real ways, are you talking about active or passive ways? Well, I like, actually, yeah, you know, so you can actually actively create a uh, a Halloween sort of a space down there, but I'm going to go with passive in, in this particular podcast. All right. Sounds, sounds natural to me. So natural passive ways that you can um, make your crawl space so creepy that nobody will ever get down in there. <laughs> As I mentioned to some of my home inspection clients, it's like, you know, sometimes you'll run into one of those cellars and I'll uh, say something like, uh, you know, that is the ultimate timeout room. And oh. they'll look at me like, <laughs> oh, you are the, you belong in jail. I'm glad you're not my parent. Yeah. <laughs> you can be my home inspector, but Shove not my daddy. Shove a kid down in the crawl space with all of the raccoons and spider no, webs. Daddy, and no. <laughs> They'll only need to go in there once, and then they're good for the rest of their lives. Oh, wow. <laughs> Except for the psychology uh, I'm glad you're my co-host made. today and not my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, bottom line with crawl spaces, um, obviously, you know, if they're getting wet, uh, and, and water in a crawl space is not good. Those things need to be bone dry. And there's a lot of ways for water to get in. You can get water in from above. Uh, my son uh, actually had uh, his, what is that, his AC unit, or the furnace unit, dripping down into his crawl space. Just a little bit of moisture? Really. Yeah, just that drip, drip, drip sort of thing that happens with any 
Uh, you just kind of have some of that condensation. System. Yeah, right. condensation. And so that was actually going into his crawl space, and that was causing problems, that little bit. Wow. And then you can have groundwater coming in. You can have water not being drained away from the foundation, so then it goes in underneath. You can have an absence of crawl space vents, and we're going to talk about all of these as we go through. Mm. But that crawl space needs to be bone dry, because if it is not, then you're talking about rot mold, termites, spiders, spider webs, etc. So moisture is the biggest enemy, really, it sounds like. It really is, yeah. You don't, uh, you don't need water inside your house, even in your crawl space. So... I always go back when I think of uh, when I think of spiders and spider webs. I go back to that Indiana Jones movie, <laughs> The Pit, or whatever it was. Yeah, and I was actually uh, corrected by somebody. the The Home Inspector podcast that I've done, I I made the mistake of saying you know that Indiana Jones didn't like spiders. Actually, it was snakes. Yes, the the, picket, the pit of snakes. I think it was. Right? Yeah, but there was some scenes where he was going through some pretty heavy spider webs. Yeah. And and that, that grossed me out more than the snakes. Um, so what I'm getting to is that if you feel the need to get into your crawl space and look around and it's wet and you see spider webs all over the place, don't do it. I mean, bottom line with anything associated with your home is if something is unsafe, don't do it. So can you put one of those smoke bombs or something in there and get rid of things? Does that, that knock them out? So that would be safely? a very good idea. And then, of course, you want to not just put a smoke bomb in and move in a half hour later while the smoke is still there, and then you die too. Right. Um, you you want to make sure that you read the instructions on the smoke bombs. Yeah, I think it's at least a 48-hour waiting period. Yeah. With ventilation, probably. And, yeah, the, the ventilation, you, you do want to make sure that happens to the extent that you can. But read the directions. And, again, if it's unsafe, don't do it. Uh, also, so let's say that you're not, you, you're just going to blunder in there, which is kind of something I would probably do. Yeah. And you're, uh, you're in there pushing. Um, you're thinking, okay, these spiders are small. They're not going to, you know, I'm bigger. I weigh 200 pounds. Um, if you get bit by a black widow or a funnel web, or depending on what parts of the country you live in, maybe a brown recluse, yeah, you're in the hospital. I've heard the young ones are actually more potent. Yes, you have. I think we talked about that at I, one point. I think we may have, yes. So uh, don't do it. If you see spider webs, that's an indication. Uh, ooh, how about you do this one? What what does spider webs mean, Heidi? Oh, Garth, you're so good to give me the platform. <laughs> <laughs> It means there's moisture because spiders like bugs and bugs like moisture. So first you get the moisture, then you get the bugs, then the bugs attract the spiders, and then the spiders make webs. So you can actually see the history of where the water is. For example, if the spider webs are evenly distributed throughout, you know, you have a general water problem that might be coming up from underneath. If you have spider webs in one corner, you know you probably have a drainage issue or the sprinklers hitting the house. Mm. Uh, and then you know you can go over there and, and take care of that issue. So if you're getting in and you want to protect yourself a little, wear some gloves because it's your hands and your knees that are most likely to be bit. So wear some good gloves, but you want to just take a look first at the water and mold issues. You might that, want to cover your neck and your head and put on some goggles too i'm thinking <laughs> you could do this right you know you can actually go to a place uh i want to i want to actually name a hardware store but i'm going to resist the urge to do that let's just say a hardware store 
And you can go to the paint department and get a very thin full body suit that like will cover. Like a head to toe type right. of a mis- has a, It has the cap if you want to get that. And then if you really want to get after it, uh, you're going to put on, you know, it will cover everything but your head, your hands, and your feet. And then you put on something protective there, and you should be golden. Mm, okay. If you want to go that far, that would uh, that would be a safe thing to do, especially if uh, you're concerned about whatever levels of spiders, et cetera, there might be in there. Yeah, if you've never been in there and you just don't want to meet up with the Indiana Jones freak show. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say you're in there in that uh, in that whole moon suit getup. Um, you're going to want to first look at water and mold issues. You know, do you have water coming in? I've actually gotten into crawl spaces where they had inches of water in the bottom of the crawl space. Oh wow! And it was deep enough to keep fish in there. Well, you could actually drown if you. I mean, you know, <laughs> under the right circumstances. <laughs> yeah, and in that case, that was actually because they had a high water table, and so they didn't have a basement because the water table was high, and so as a, re- as a result, the city required that they have this crawl space. So how do you navigate getting into a crawl space like that? Did you have to pump it out first somehow? Uh, no, I I just... I just saw that it was it was wet, and of course I wasn't in galoshes. I was in tennis shoes, so I I didn't go down. Okay. I, I basically pointed out that we had four inches of water in the bottom, and that's what I wrote up. Right. And then there's solutions to that. You can do a uh, perforated pipe drain system, you know that sort of thing, a uh, drainage curtain around the house, and capture that water. But yeah, bottom line is that crawl space needs to be dry. Well, I know somebody who had a root cellar that had a little bit of water in it like that. What would you do in that situation? Would you need to get it pumped out? Um, How detrimental is it to leave? I'm just asking for the sake of somebody who might be saying, can't I just neglect that? You can as long as you're okay with it being taken over by critters. Okay. So if you're ever going to go back down in there, and let's say it is a root cellar, maybe you've got potatoes or carrots going in there. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you don't mind navigating all those spiders and taking the risk of being bitten, you can go ahead and leave that to the whatever critters may okay. inhabit the place. That's good to know, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of my indirect answer of saying, no, you really, you really can't leave it be that way. In addition, of course, any more sellers, you know, back in 1902, uh, or homeowners, uh, back then, a seller was was very routine. It was common. Right. But there's a thousand ways for a kid to be injured. And they are. They are a little bit freaky. Those sellers were, they were places to get injured. Yeah. You could have the door slam behind you. You could have, uh, you know, the neighbor kitties lock your child down in there and put a padlock on it. You know, you can have nails. Those are just dangerous and they probably need to go bye bye. My little sister actually lost the tip of her finger in a root cellar door because we in the first house we lived in when I was growing up, we had a big door that opened on the floor and it got slammed on her finger one day and cut off the tip of her finger. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, so root sellers just just make them go bye bye. It's uh, it's not that expensive to buy your potatoes at Walmart. Well, I I love root sellers, but we'll have to talk about this when we talk about my mansion. But they actually have a new root cellar, and it's like a complete. It's like a, a big old circular type plastic thing that you drop in the ground and bury, and it has all these shelves designed, and it's just this modern version of little well. room. Well, so long as it's safe. 
So if you're getting in there, you know, obviously the safety issues are the things you're going to be looking for. Uh, you got the water and mold issues. You want to take a look at your foundation. Um, sometimes you'll see lines there, and if you've got a concrete foundation and you've got these lines, it will be because you had uh, different concrete pores and they didn't really vibrate well enough between the two. So you'll have this line that's maybe on a 30-degree angle between the two concrete pores. So what is that? Does that matter? Structurally, for a uh, crawl space or a, that sort of thing, generally it doesn't matter as much, but it does become a pathway for water to get in or mm. critters. And sometimes you'll have what's called honeycombing, where, again, they didn't vibrate well enough. And so on the inside of your foundation, you're going to have, well, it looks like a honeycomb. Mm. And, again, you'll affect your structural load-bearing capacity, but usually your, your structural capacity is far more than is actually being placed on it. So usually you're okay. I see. Um, then you're going to want to look at, again, the condensation if you're getting drains from. I, I've seen trailer homes, for example, where they actually drained water from the clothes washer mm. into the crawl space. Oh, and so that just causes all kinds of havoc. And then you've got termites and mold and rot, and you're going to get condensation on the underside of your subfloor, and then that's going to cause the subfloor to rot. And So they do that instead of running it down the sewer? Well, or they, where, where does the... It's supposed to all go to the sewer, but in so many cases, I mean, that's why home inspectors have a job, is because everybody does something stupid. Really? Yeah. Saving a few bucks, a little bit of time here and there. Yeah, and in many cases, like let's say that, uh, I don't know, maybe you decided that uh, the world sucks and you're going to go buy somebody's trailer house in the middle of of the mountains. (laughs) You might not be aware they're draining to the space directly beneath. I see. And so, you know, it's the kind of thing you need to be paying attention to. Right. Well, thanks to you, everybody knows now. So long as we can get the word out, right? That's right. Okay, in the next segment, we're going to talk about dealing with critters in there. So we'll finish this one up. As always, Heidi, be yourself. Okay, okay. Only Heidi gets to have the trailer house. With the crawl space. With the crawl space and the (laughs) mountains. That probably has a cougar in it, right? As long as there's no cougar sleeping in this crawl space, we might be okay. Everybody else is taken. (laughs) Welcome back to the Home Medic, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital. Let's say, Heidi, that, uh, oh, yeah, Heidi Hansen. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're. Yes, we're moving. Consider yourself. Let's say that you wanted to uh, move to the mountains. That's right. And you're going to have this um, beautiful home uh, there in the mountains, and it's got a crawl space. I guess I'll deal with it, right? Okay, yeah, that that might be your mansion. It's just the way it is. And, of course, there in the mountains we have all kinds of little uh, n- nature's critters. We've got raccoons. We've got uh, squirrels and mice. You know, I actually saw one home that was gorgeous. It was, uh, and this was probably in the 1990s. That home had to have been a half-million-dollar home then. Yes. But the squirrels had actually found a nice place in uh, that they called home for themselves. It was piled a couple of feet high with acorns and nuts and poop. Whoa, are you kidding? 
Was that in a crawl space? Yeah, and that was actually not in a crawl space. It was just a corner that they kind of took over for themselves. Oh, my goodness. So you can imagine, you know, a crawl space sort of environment. People aren't going to go down there, so you know the critters are. Right. So whether your uh, your property is in the mountains or whether it's in the desert or whether it's in the city, if you got a crawl space, you're going to have your own set of critters down there. So you got to go keep an eye out on that place. you got to check it out once in a while, it sounds like. You can't just leave it... And think it's going to take care of itself, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and if you do, bad things happen. Right. And this goes me back to the inspection I did, uh, I'm going to say about six months ago, where um, I was talking about, for example, raccoons. And thinking at the moment that uh, this buyer was going to think I was crazy but because it really wasn't a raccoon problem. And um, she surprised me. She said, yeah, I uh, I had raccoons in my walls. Oh, <laughs> Was that the one who had the babies that yeah. were birthed in the wall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this kid comes in at 2 a.m. and says, there's a war going on inside my walls. <laughs> and apparently the raccoon was giving birth. And so wow. they, they didn't know what to do. You know, there was only a little bit of sheetrock between this snarling raccoon mother and her babies and her teenage boy. Wow, wow. And so they didn't know what to do. So they actually let them grow up and leave, and then they sealed it. But... You know, if you've got raccoons or, you know, pretty much any other member of Mother Nature's uh, progeny, <laughs> uh, they're not going to be okay if you start, you know, if, if, if they make a home inside your, your crawl space. And they don't leave easily, do they? Yeah. they Or do they? They don't leave easily. What does it take to get rid of them? So, and I, uh, yeah, we had that discussion with, um, with a guy who is you know, kind of a, a guru in that category, the wildlife guru. Okay. And his answer was that everybody, you know, for for the thing to go smoothly, everybody has to get what they want. The homeowner has to get what he wants. The animal has to get what he wants. And the uh, the critter handler has to get what he wants. I thought, I thought men were supposed to be able to subdue the animals. You're telling me we have to give them what they want? Pounce on it. <laughs> Once in a while. Yeah, men never get what we want. <laughs> Well, when I said subdue the animals, <clears throat> <laughs> you were referring to men. I was, I was referring to the animals, but now maybe we should talk about men. <laughs> maybe we should talk That's about subduing all the animals. The same. <laughs> um, so yeah, you could have snakes in there, and again, uh, you, you could have, you know, whatever sort of critters you got in there, you're gonna have feces. Mm-hmm. And if you've got mice in there, and it seems like there's always mice. And you are placing your hand, you're moving your hand around, crawling around inside that crawl space. And if you are disturbing those mouse feces, you get the hantavirus. Hantavirus. And I just read, I'm going to say a week or two ago, about somebody that died from hantavirus I think here I locally. Saw that. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, hantavirus is a big deal. There's a, there's a lot of headlines that get attached to radon and lead and mold and asbestos and all that. But if you want real live deaths, it's hantavirus. Yeah, I actually think I read your article. Yeah. So uh, that is not something to sniff at. Uh, you'll want to protect yourself if you're going down there. Uh, use some good breathing protection, not just a painter's dust mask. Mm. So uh, you, in addition to the snakes, etc., uh, you know, snakes are going to follow food. 
So if you're going to have mice, if you got snakes in there, you know you've got whatever food is for those guys. It might be mice. It might be something else. So I gotta, I've got to go back with you and ask you, what is good breathing protection if it's not a painter's breathing mask? Is it the whole big oxygen getup that looks like an um, alien person? I actually have a full face mask that it it was a little bit spendy. I used it in my meth cleanup operations, and those are a couple hundred dollars. But you can actually get something that's closer to the $50 category where it's got a screw-in cartridge. Mm, okay. And uh, those are much better. Or you could just write a check to maybe a, an exterminator and have him go Come in. take care of it. He's, He's got already got all the equipment, too. which the, then you're done with it. You yeah, the thing is it. that he will get rid of the critters. Yes. Uh, he will not get rid of the reason why the critters are there. Oh, good point. And he will probably not get rid of the critter poop either. Mm. So, Should we try to get rid of that, though? I mean, once we're trying to get rid of the critters out of there, do we really try to get rid of all the poop, too, in a crawl space type situation? Yeah, that would be that would be rugged because, again, if you're disturbing that stuff, you, you, I'm going to say you should probably try, but you're going to need to maybe do it with a HEPA vacuum. Is there some sort of professional person that has a big vacuum? You know, like you have carpet cleaners that come in and steam clean your carpets. Can they come and just suck out? Is there somebody that does that for a profession? You know what I'm going to say? Hire a handyman. Let him go in and die. Maybe maybe that's a new career opportunity for someone. Seriously. <laughs> yes, it is. Seriously. That's true. Um, because it is very much a specialized sort of thing. I mean, if it's raccoon poop, it's probably not a bigger deal than, than dog poop, the kind of stuff that you shovel in your backyard. It's a little heavier. Especially if you got my dog, you know, much heavier. <laughs> Scooby, oh my goodness. Um, I can imagine. But if you're talking mouse poop, yeah, or, um, you know, there's some other little critters that can have the hantavirus, and that's a big deal. Mm, okay, interesting. Uh, now, while you're in there, too, you're going to want to take a look at uh, the mud tubes. Um, if you've got mud tubes going up your wall, you've got subterranean termites. Oh, boy. And what termites are doing, especially if they're subterranean, which, you know, here in the West where you and I are, the only subterranean termites are here. We don't have the kind that actually live in the house. If you're in, you know, New York or Florida or Texas or Hawaii, uh, you'll have different varieties. But for the drier climates, you're only going to have subterraneans. And they need the moisture that is found elsewhere but is not found here. So what they will do is they'll build this uh, mud tube that's about a half inch wide. And that helps them to retain the humidity um, as they go from point A in the soil to point B inside your house, which is wet wood. Hmm. So yeah. if you have wet wood, that's when you have to worry about it. Right, yeah. And right. what didn't you say once that it was the wood-to-soil contact that actually was a big problem, or can it just be in wood by itself without the soil contact? If if you're here, it has yeah, the, the wood has to be wet for it to be eaten. I see. And... Um, I go back to a home that I inspected not too far away from here where it was a shut-in recluse, a guy who had actually lived, they said, for 25 years, had never left the building. That's crazy. And uh, they were turning it into a Thai restaurant, and they knew that there was termites because the basement was quite damp. Right. But what they saw, what they actually handed me a hatchet. It's the only time in my career that I was handed a hatchet and told to go after things. <laughs> 
but the uh, the goal was to find out. They knew that they had termites going up the basement wall. They wanted to know if they'd gotten into the structural joists. I see. And they had not because those joists were dry. Oh, wow. Okay. So as a result, the decision was made to go ahead and buy it, turn it into a Thai restaurant. Really? Yeah. Now I understand they've got a whole bunch of, uh, of Thai people living down in the basement and... Uh, you know, it kind of sounds like slave labor to me, but that's what I understand really is going on. Interesting. Um, so this applies to your crawl space, though, because if you've got those those mud tubes going up, you know you have termites. It might be a termite history, possibly, but if the reason why the termites were there remains, you have an active problem. I see. So what do you do in that case? Do you have to tear all the wood out or just get rid of the water and hope it dries out? Yeah, the uh, item one, as always, is eliminate the reason why the problem is there, whether it's birds or termites or mice or whatever. There's a reason why they are there. And so you've got to identify and eliminate that. If the termites are going up to a shower wall that's wet because you've got a leak behind the shower, mm. you know, or whatever it may be, uh, you've got to eliminate that. And then the termites will die off naturally, and if you want to treat them, then that's great. But, you know, um, and then, of course, those rules change depending on if you're in in Hawaii or Texas, because there they'll just eat the wood, you know. Mm. So then you've got you've to treat them. So in that case, the $10 fix might be making sure you keep your plumbing in good repair before you have to tear out the wall. That would be true. Right. It would also perhaps involve getting somebody who knows what he's doing to do the plumbing. Yes. I have that experience where mm. where a bonehead um, <laughs> hooked up a, uh, a refrigerator. Right. And it leaked. Oh, yes. And then we had, you know, that, that it was probably only one or two drips per minute, but it was more than enough to cause a lot of problems over a couple of weeks until yeah. it was discovered. Yeah, I had the same experience. Yeah. It was an ice maker, uh-huh. and they used a plastic tube instead of a copper one, and they cut a hole in my tile, but they didn't smooth it out. There was, like, a sharp edge on the tile, and, of course, w- as the water is pulsating, it pulls the plastic tube up and down, and the sharpness of the tile slit the plastic tubing, Oh! but it was not visible, so it did some damage. caused me wow. some trouble. Yeah, yeah. And actually, the uh, the plastic tubing you were using probably wasn't the problem in that case because that can be as reliable as copper. But yeah, if there's a an edge, yeah. it's that's a problem. Yeah, I had some sharp tile that was cutting it. I want to bring up another subject in the crawl space category, and that's wasps. Oh goodness, yes. Let's talk about those beasts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like wasps. As you know, you know, for across most of the United States, wasps are pretty much everywhere now. I think I like them even less than spiders. Because at least with spiders, you can take your foot and smash or grab a broom and poke at them from a distance. With a wasp, yeah, you 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 kill one, you've got a hundred of his friends that are. They start coming at you, and what do you do? Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're aware of that. Again, protective equipment uh, will help you a lot. you know, you, you have you can have the thinnest of protective equipment, and it'll still go a long way towards not being killed by a thousand wasps. Really? So, um, that suit that you're talking about, that painting suit, is that sufficient? Because I mean, the wasps do have those stingers. Yeah. 
So I'm thinking if you had a long sleeve shirt and then the painting suit, you'd be good. Over it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it gives you enough distance. What about your face and your mouth and your... Yeah, you... Because they like to come at the face, I've heard. You need to have it all covered. But again, you know, if you poke your head inside the crawl space and you see this basketball size wasp nest... You know you're in trouble. Yeah, you're you're not going to go in there and and be checking other stuff out. You're you're going to be closing the crawl space back up, and you're going to be making a phone call. Have you seen those just spray bottles of wasp killer? They supposedly will spray like 10, 20, 10, 15 feet. Oh, those are so entertaining. Do they work? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're talking paper wasps, it's not nearly as good. But uh, the ones where you've got your yellow jackets, for example, where they do the honeycomb type houses. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, yeah, you spray those, and they just drop like rain. I've heard that you should do it when they're asleep, though, that if it is during the daytime, they will come and attack you. Yeah, yeah is that true? you want to do it when they're less active. More dormant? Um, and cooler. so they're, they're more active around noon, 2 o'clock when things are hot. Uh-huh. And so if you get them, you know, late evening, maybe 7, 8, 9 o'clock. When most of them are kind of just getting into the cave or whatever yeah, for the nighttime. Yeah, they're going to be much less aggressive. But... Uh, yeah, they, they will fall, and they're going to be stumbling around looking for something to sting. So you want to keep the kids and the dog away. So the, those wasp squir- squirters really do work. You oh, can they're, do they're that. They're awesome. It's just entertaining for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I right. actually did an inspection not very long ago where um, this was a good friend. They had a little bit, I'm going to say a few square inches of wasp nest uh, in, in the eaves. Right. And then they figured they probably had a few square feet of wasp nest inside their walls, and they were getting in through the that those same eaves. Right. And so, yeah, you've got to you got to seal that up. And the same applies in the crawl space too. You know, if if there's a way that those wasps are getting in, first you kill the ones that are there, and then you eliminate the reason why they were there. And what if there are some in the wall? I know we had a podcast on that once where you were talking about somebody who just had a house full of them. Uh-huh. What if there are some in the wall? What can you do? Can you seal it up and just leave them in there? Will they eventually die of yeah, old they, age? They will die, and then you hope that they don't find some innovative way to, to escape the wall into your house. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that's that's another call to an exterminator. Um, he's going to be uh, injecting some stuff that, that will be, and he'll be protecting himself. Right. But he'll inject some stuff that will kill them, and, and then you eliminate the reason why they're there. Depending on how bad it is, you know, I've, I've seen people actually remove the sheetrock and, and remove the... Uh, I, I'm thinking that's probably not necessary because the purpose of a wall is to provide insulative capacity, and mm-hmm. you'll lose some of that depending on how big the, uh, the wasp nest is, but right. you, it may not be big enough that I would justify the expense of removing sheetrock. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, Let's finish up this segment. The next one we're going to be talking about, you know, you let's say you get in there and you've addressed the uh, the water issues. You've made sure there's no critters. You've made sure there's uh, minimal mouse poop. You've protected yourself. We're going to be talking about the kinds of things to actually look for in there so that uh, you know you're not losing a lot of money from heat loss or, you know, getting radon or those sorts of things. Okay. So uh, finish up this one. As always, be yourself. Because only Heidi's children get to live in the crawl space. <laughs> oh, goodness. 
Wow. Everybody else is taking No way. No way. No way. <laughs> Welcome to the Home Medic, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your children out of the crawl space definitely, or in there. Definitely out of the crawl space. Okay. I'm just, I hope I'm never forced to out of necessity to be inhabiting a crawl space. Let's yeah. put it that way. And I especially want to put children. my children in there. Heidi Hansen, the lovely, the talented, the mom who doesn't put her children in the crawl space. <laughs> I'm so kind. I only wish that I had children so that I could do that once. <laughs> wow. And if he had children, the child abuse people would be right yeah, over here. I'm, but... I'm, sure, I'm sure the police will be knocking at my door <laughs> in mere moments. And he's off the hook. Sorry, I was just kidding. I have no children. <laughs> They're all grown. <laughs> so let's, uh, the topic this time around is crawl spaces. And, you know, as the home inspector, I'm expected to get into every crawl space in every home that I do. So, you know, here where we are, there's not a lot of crawl spaces, but there are still some. I'll, I'll do maybe one or two per week. Yeah, we don't have too many. I'm kind of a fan of taking advantage of that space and turning it into a full basement, but... Yeah, so you have a lot of people here, especially because crawl spaces are so unique, and you know nobody really knows what to do with them. So we just kind of uh, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, they're very uncommon around here because because it is so easy to make full basements, and we don't have a lot of areas with the water table being that high. But some places we do. Right. So if you, but you do need to get in there, otherwise, bad things happen. Right. It's yeah. just like not at the top of the list to go get in the crawl space. I mean, as you're putting, as you're doing your to-do list, you know, that item just kind of keeps getting pushed to the yeah. bottom day after day, year after year. We are all highly motivated <laughs> to find something we need to do more than get into that crawl space. That's right. But it needs to happen, I'm going to say, at least a couple of times per year. I mean, oh, if, you've wow. got, uh, if you've got a couple hundred mice living down in there, you need to know about that. Or, you know, a couple families of raccoons or whatever. So you're going to, you know, we've already taken care of the critter issues. We've already talked about the water and mold issues and the safety and protecting yourself. And those are in the previous podcast. In this one, um, you know, we're assuming that it is actually safe to get in there and or that we've uh, we've done what's necessary to make it safe for us. Mm, okay. So we're going to go looking for uh, for the mold that might be in there. So mold. Um, and this is another story. I actually uh, was called back to an inspection that I had done years previous. And this lady had some bonehead, a shyster, a guy that really belongs in jail, who had this magic spray. And he said that it, with his magic spray that he was going to eliminate all the mold from her house. Interesting. And I think he was charging her, like, I don't know, it was way too much money, like $1,500. Oh, wow. And, you know, obviously mold is outdoors. It's in your grass. It's in your watered plants. And, you know, it's everywhere. So even if his stuff worked, which I doubt, uh, next time she opens her doors, you know, mold's going to be coming back into her house. And she will have had a theoretically mold-free home for a few hours. So mold's just kind of natural. That's it, why we have sourdough bread, right? It's in the air. It happens. It is. <laughs> and, yeah, anytime you open your door or your window, some mold spores come, some mold spores go. It's part of nature. That's good to know. So uh, he had gotten into the crawl space, and he had seen where they had done some soldering on some copper pipes. 
Okay. This is not unusual. There was an area that was almost a square feet, uh, square foot, um, that was char. Hmm. You know, because the guy had used uh, a torch. Oh, okay. None of this was a big surprise. You know, he had done a lot of uh, elbows and tees in that space, so you had some char there. Well, this guy told the lady that that was mold. Oh, wow. Because it was blackish. And so she called me because I'd done her inspection a couple of years previous, and she says, you idiot, you missed the mold in my crawl space. Oh, wow. So I had to go back out, and of course I didn't remember the home because I'd done it two years previous, and that offended her. And so I go down in there and I I show her, you know, I tell her what I see. And, of course, she's not going to crawl into this crawl space. Right. So she didn't want to believe me and it was all just very ugly. It made me want to go find this bonehead with his magic spray and go kill him. Did you snap a picture of it for her? I did. Good job. But it was just black. So, right, right. So, you know, based from a picture, there's no proof that it's one thing or another. Right. Anyway, um, beware of the of the shysters with their magic mold spray, I guess, is part of it. But if you're going into your crawl space, uh, you're going to want to be looking for mold. And that's going to be a dark spot, and it's not going to be char. Hopefully, if you're getting in there, you can tell the difference between mold and char. Well, and if it happens to be right next to all the pipes that are soldered, maybe that would be your first clue. That if, would be the first clue. If you clue. listen to this podcast and learn from Garth, right? That's true. <laughs> or if it's mold, it might be right near where some water is. Um, or it might be, you know, it, it, if you've got water coming in from the ground, maybe you don't have a tarp. Uh, you might have mold that's actually up on your the bottom side of your subfloor. I did a cabin once in the mountains where um, you had this crawl space beneath the entire cabin, and, and the condensation in the morning, it was across the entire length and breadth of, of the cabin crawl space, but on the north side, it never burned off. Never got warm enough to burn the north side mm. off. So as a result, you had this massive mold colony on the north side, kind of oh. like kind of like moss on trees. Right. Um, so then I had to write up that whole area as being a mold factory. And then you're getting wow. the, the rot associated with that. What is the difference between mold and algae? Is that appropriate to ask you? Because I'm just kind of curious. We hear so much about algae lately with the problems in the lake. Uh-huh. Is that the same kind of thing? Is, is um, mold and algae? Algae, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're both uh, you know little organisms that that grow. Uh, and where an a mold is going to be more of an of an allergen. You know, okay. molds are going to get into your your sinuses and cause uh, issues where mm. the uh, you know the moss or whatever else is not going to be. A sinus issue. It's not an airborne problem then, as right. long as you're not ingesting it. Right. Okay, thank you. That's that's what I was wondering. You're also, uh, so you're going to be looking for mold and, of course, water. You're also going to be taking a look in your crawl space as your structural components, your joists, the headers, the columns. If you have wood columns, let's say maybe you've got a 4 by 4 structural column that's holding up your, your joists. Now, the joists are the uh, beams that uh, go from point A to B and hold up the floor above. Okay. And if you have any wood to soil contact there, you're going to have uh, rot mold termites. Wow. Four by four, though. Joists. And so, I mean, yeah, not joists. The beams. four by four vertically would actually vertically. be a column. 
And so if that column, if you got one of those and it is in direct contact with soil, the termites are going to be eating that. And, mm. and then whatever structural support that column was supposed to provide is gonzo. If it's in direct, in direct contact with the soil. Yeah, if, it, if it's direct. Okay, you know I, you know I, I yeah. mean, you said, I said that correctly. Indirect. No, you said it correctly, yeah. but you said it so fast that it sounded like indirect was. Good thing we I clarified just that. Yeah, yeah. If it's direct contact with soil, you've got a problem, and the way to fix that is you're going to pour some concrete, or you're going to place a you know a concrete um, sort of a footer there so that the two uh, the four by four or whatever it is 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 not contacting the soil. So the concrete is a barrier between the right. wood and the So you're going to make those termites or whatever, they're going to ha- actually have to crawl over the top of the concrete to get to that 4x4. Four four. Mm. And, of course, the 4x4 four four should be treated so that it's water and mold-resistant, those sorts of things. And then they're discouraged. Yes, further discouraged. So that's the <laughs> next thing you're going to be looking for. The first thing is, is mold and rot. Next one is structural components. Now you're going to be looking at the walls. Should we look at the walls? We're not done. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> there is more inside our crawl space. Oh, wow. Uh, we're, we're going to look at the walls for termite mud tubes. I mentioned the cold joints in uh, one of the earlier segments. Uh, that can be a structural issue, but uh, usually it's not. Mostly it's a show and tell. Okay. And that's just where you had uh, concrete truck A came. They dumped their contents. You, the job is partially done. Concrete truck B comes a half hour later. Uh, the concrete from from truck A has already begun to set up, and so you've got a little joint going I there. I see. And so that can be a way for water and or bugs to get in, but structurally it's usually not a big deal. All right. Um, then you'll, you're going to want to make sure inside the walls that you've got crawl space vents and these are huge. I've never seen those before. So, and you want to have plenty of them and depending on how many square inches you've got in a crawl space vent, you, you know, you need to have the air moving through Mm. because if you've got stagnant air down there, uh, you're going to have the condensation that gets on everything would and it's going to cause rot mold termites so you worry about less about leaving that opening of the vent than you do about i mean in other words i would be thinking i don't want vents because i want to block that space off entirely to keep the critters out but what you're saying is it's a lot wiser to just have the venting right yeah that space needs to be bone dry and the if you don't have functional vents in there uh, it's not going to be dry. Mm. And your subfloor, among other things, is going to be rotting. And it's going to start getting spongy, and then someday you're just going to fall through it. Mm. Okay. So <laughs> nobody wants to deal with that. Is that all? <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a girlfriend that, um, uh, and I should hasten to mention, this is actually before I married my wife. <laughs> I won't I won't mention the girlfriends after I married. Yeah, you better not do that. So she actually was uh, in high heels going potty. She went through her subfloor. Now, oh, you're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that... Did the toilet go through the subfloor? Uh, she did. Her her high heel, her heel went through the subfloor. Oh, wow. So it does happen. Um, she didn't enjoy that experience, I'm <laughs> sure. I wasn't there. So... The you've you've got you want to make sure that you you know your walls are have that ventilation, 
uh, if they don't, you know, and again, those vents need to be in good condition because you don't want them to become a front door for the raccoons. Well, that's what I was asking because it seems like a vent has to have a slot. So depending on how big the slot is, right, you allow something in there, or at least spider access or whatever. But yeah, spiders are able to get in there, but if it's bone dry, the spiders are not going to be able to do much. They're just going to starve to death, and they'll go find some other place to be. Right. Um. So you've got to have those. I've seen people try to block those up. That doesn't work. Uh, that, that causes other problems. Then on your walls, you want to make sure that there's, you want to see if there's insulation. Now, okay. again, in so, many, in so many categories, you know, there's, there's a choose your poison. You know, right. Vents is a choose your poison sort of thing. Uh, exterior wall insulation is another one of them. It's nice to have it, but when you have your walls wrapped with uh, insulation, uh-huh. it becomes a really good nesting and hiding spot for mice. It's a nice little cozy warm area. Yeah. And it also helps them to, um, you know, let's say you do throw a bug bomb in there or a poison bomb of whatever sort, you know, it, it kind of protects them from those sorts of bombs. They can hide behind it and they can take the insulation, maybe even make snuggle up, make a little blanket out of it. That's right. Yeah, it makes a very good living space for those guys. So you need to have that on your radar as well. So sometimes it's better maybe not to have the insulation in the crawl space. Yeah, whereas most important is to have your insulation actually on the ceiling. So you're going to have joists there that we talked about. You want to have the insulation between every one of those joists. So it would be the ceiling of the crawl space, the interior of the crawl space, but not on the walls of the... That would be my recommendation. I'm sure there's a million people that would disagree and say that it needs to be on the foundation too. But from my point of view, the crawl space is exterior air, and it is perfectly fine for that exterior air to be the same temperature as outdoors. I see. So if the outdoors is 5 degrees, it's okay to have the crawl space be 5 degrees. As a matter of fact, it's probably a good thing. And then you keep that 5-degree air from getting into your house because you've got insulation between the joists. What about pipes, though? Do you have to worry about pipes being in there that could crack? Yeah, um, that needs to be on the protected side of the insulation. Okay. And again, you know, these are, it's a choose-your-poison sort of thing. If you're in Alaska, the rules might be different than if you're in Florida. Okay. So you'll want to talk to, you know, a local expert depending on what's going on there. Then there's the floor. Um, If you have a dirt floor there, Obviously, you're going to be getting your knees and your, you know, depending on how deep it is, you're going to be getting your hands dirty. And then you be at, at minimum, you're going to be traipsing that into your finished space. And and then if you're me, somebody's going to grumble at you when you crawl out of that crawl space dirty. Yeah, because then you have to go walk across the new carpet. Yes. And, <laughs> then, and then either it's the homeowner that hates you or the wife that hates you or somebody's going to hate you if you got a dirt floor in there. Right. So uh, the way to deal with that is to do a plastic sheeting. On the floor, on, on the ground? Yeah, on the ground. And that has some other advantages, and that's that if you've got condensation trying to get up into the crawl space, it's going to condense on the underside of your plastic sheeting and, and keep your crawl space more dry. Oh, interesting. So you can have the dirt floor, or do you do the gravel and then the plastic? Yeah, sometimes people just go directly from dirt to plastic, but if you're going to go, if you got gravel in there, that's double awesome. Really? Yeah. Okay. So then you're going to be looking for mouse tracks again. We've got the plastic sheeting. You've got the condensation. And then on the floor generally, you're just going to be looking for wetness. There, there's been any number of homes that I've inspected where you have um, 
maybe you've got a low spot and maybe they actually have a sump over there and you'll actually have standing water in this hole in the sump. Mm. And uh, then that's going to be Critter Central because that's where they have learned they can go get a drink that's at any time. That's their little drinking hole yeah, or that's, whatever. Yeah, that's the drinking watering fountain. hole. Yes. And then it just kind of becomes a mini version of what you see on National Geographic about lions going after cheetahs. Only in this case, it's not lions and <laughs> cheetahs. It might be who knows what critter. Could be cats and, going yeah. after mice. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully it's hopefully, the cat. Hopefully. If you're going to let critters in your yeah. crawl space, let your cat in there too once in a while. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cat door. So, um, you know, those are the things you're going to want to be looking for as relates to your crawl space. Now, let's give you a mansion, Heidi. All right. It's, just don't throw any black widows in there, okay? No black widows? Okay. No black widows. Because your mansion this time is going to have a crawl space. I really want, those, I really want that root cellar. I, I know you're not into root cellars. I just like the idea of having all those vegetables from my garden stored all winter. Are we going to store this root cellar outside of your home, or are we going to put it inside your home? Um... You know, that's a really good question. I, I would love like some sort of a back door leading to the root cellar where it's kind of hidden, but you go down into this but modern, really cool root cellar. Like I said, they have these drop-in root cellars. They cost about $9,000, but they're yeah. just amazing. Okay. So it still sounds like it's its own structure. Well, maybe so. All right. So, and by the way, just beware, be aware that there is... If if you've got direct contact between, you know, with the soil, uh-huh. there will be a higher radon level in there. Oh, and now so you're scaring me with radon. If your <laughs> home inspector does his radon test actually in that root cellar or the crawl space, um, he's doing the equivalent of lying to you because unless you're you're actually living in that root cellar or crawl space. Uh-huh. That is not air that should be sampled. You know, it's you, you sample the air that is routinely breathed, and the crawl space isn't it. Is that because of the material of the root cellar? Uh, no, it is because radon gets into a root cellar or a crawl space so much more easily than it gets into living space. Is it because it's not opened as often? Um, it, Ventilated? You know, and we can... I, or because it's uh, dropping down in the ground? And it's it's, it's an easier pathway. Radon is going to originate naturally in the soil, and it's going to move into the crawl space. Really? So I, does uh-huh. that affect the vegetables, do you think? It'll make them glow. Glow? Yes. Glow-in-the-dark veggies? Yeah. Veggies? Roasted glow-in-the-dark veggies? <laughs> now that sounds like a fun Halloween party. <laughs> Uh, the answer is now um, the the level of radiation you're going to get is, you know, and I probably shouldn't have an opinion because I'm not a nuclear physicist. Oh, be careful. Even though I used just, to pretend that I was one back in the day. This is just an opinion. This is a disclaimer. We, yeah. don't, we don't verify this. But uh, the answer is no. Um, your Your levels are so low that the radon itself isn't going to make those potatoes any more radio radioactive than you would be if you were to hang out there for a while hmm. okay well i'll take a root cellar over crawl space any day yeah okay <laughs> That's my so vote. you now have the world's most uh, glorious tp and it has a very cool uh root cellar <laughs> and you are master of that mansion and you the listener are also master of your mansion as relates to Crawl spaces and, and root cellars. Yeah, and then there's a guy that comes over and does all the hard work for me, you know, pulls the weeds and does the gardening. I just kind of stock the vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. 
pretty cool TP you got there. That's the mansion vision here. All righty. <laughs> Master of your mansion, if you have any other questions, you can always go to homemedicworld.com, and there's more information there, uh, videos, articles, this. And uh, who knows, someday we'll, we'll have a discussion board. But uh, right now that's looking difficult. Right now you get what you get, <laughs> baby. <laughs> it's free. If you don't like it, you get your money back. <laughs> Finally, and as always, be yourself because only Heidi gets to have a teepee with a root cellar as, as her Yum. lifestyle. Yum. Yum. <laughs>